Shogun Hua was an absolute animal. The Brazilian-Italian fighter made a name early on for himself by decimating his opponents in brutal fashion. And a lot of that had to do with his signature soccer kicks and stomps. His run in Pride FC is one of the best in the promotion's history. And when they got bought out by the UFC, there was a lot of hype surrounding him. Although he had his highs with the promotion, he also had many lows. So how good was Shogun Hua actually? Hey guys, it's Kion, and today I'm going to be talking about Mauricio Shogun Hua. This is a video I was so excited to do because not only was Shogun exciting as a fighter, but he was also in my favorite MMA fight of all time. He hasn't retired and he does have two more fights on his UFC contract as I make this video. But after his last performance at UFC 255, I do think his best days as a fighter are long behind him. So in this video, we're going to take a look at his career to really understand how good he was. But before we get to it, as always, shout out to the undisputed members of my Patreon. Nowadays, a lot of people have been trying to get a hold of me on social media. But if you really want to talk MMA, join my Patreon and I'll be more than happy to do so there. And before you say, wow, this guy wants me to pay in order to talk to him, all the money raised goes to charity. Plus you get extra perks like a shout out and early access to my videos. So please join now, all the info will be down below. Now let's get to it. Shogun began his MMA career on November 8th, 2002 at the age of 20. The fighter of Italian and Portuguese descent began training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai at a young age. Prior to his debut, he joined Shute Box Academy alongside his older brother, Murilo Hua. Shogun's first opponent was Rafael Freitas, and it's probably the wildest debut fight that I've ever seen. Although Shogun got taken down multiple times early on, he got back up and the two swung wildly. But Shogun was winning these exchanges by mixing in some knees and kicks. Eventually, Rafael got tired and once he was unable to bring the fight down, he began eating a bunch of shots before getting knocked out cold by a head kick. Shogun's next opponent was Angelo de Oliveira. Once again, he was guns blazing from the start by throwing punches, kicks, and securing a takedown. He eventually finished Angelo by soccer kicking him out of the ring. Two and a half months later, he fought Evangelista Santos. Shogun rushed in and got caught with a left hand that rocked him. He tried to bring the fight down, but Santos kept it up where he was finding more success. Then Shogun finally secured the takedown, mounted him, and threw punches before the ref stepped in. On September 6, 2003, he went to the US to fight in the IFC Global Domination Light Heavyweight Tournament. In the opening round, he fought Eric Vanderlei. The two swung immediately, but it was a head kick and a right hand that knocked Eric down. And although Shogun spent some time on top throwing ground and pound, it was Eric who attacked with submissions and even reversed the position. It was also Shogun's first time past the first round. And although he got taken down early in the second, he got back up and connected with another right hand that knocked Eric down. Shogun threw punches until the ref stepped in. He advanced to the semifinals to fight Hinato Babalu Sobral. Shogun's stand-up was neutralized by the constant grappling from Babalu who secured takedowns, attempted submissions, and maintained top control. Shogun had his moments on top but he was unable to get anything done. The fight made its way to the third where Babalu locked in the guillotine choke that forced a tap, handing Shogun his first pro loss. Following this defeat, he joined Pride FC. His first opponent was Akira Shoji. Although Shoji secured takedowns and tried to lock in submissions, Shogun was able to escape and bring the action back up where he found success. Once again, it was another wild fight, and eventually Shogun knocked Shoji down with a barrage of punches and finished him off with a head stomp. Four months later, he fought Akihiro Gono. For the entire fight, Shogun pressed forward and attacked with strikes, and although he got taken down multiple times, he popped right back up. Eventually, the volume was too much for Gono, who went down and ate a huge soccer kick before the ref stepped in. After this win, Shogun fought Yasuhito Namakawa. Once again, his pressure was too much for Yasuhito, who ate punches, knees, kicks, and was taken down a few times. His soccer kicks and stomps were absolutely nasty. Shogun was close to locking in the rear naked choke and even attempted an armbar, but he eventually ended the fight with a soccer kick and a punch. At Pride 29, Shogun fought Hiromitsu Kanara. After some time grappling, the two got back up and it was Shogun who knocked Kanara down with a right hand. He proceeded to connect with a bunch of stomps and soccer kicks that eventually forced the ref to step in. Two months later, Shogun fought Quentin Rampage Jackson, who defeated his brother, Murillo, at Pride 29. It was an opening round bout for the 2005 Pride Middleweight Grand Prix. Like every Shogun fight, he came out guns blazing, and although Rampage tried to take him down, Shogun denied it 
hit and attacked with strikes, especially with the knees. He took Rampage down as well, but brought the action back up to continue the beatdown. Eventually, the knees were too much for Rampage, who went down and ate soccer kicks before the ref stepped in. In the quarterfinals, Shogun fought Antonio Rogerio Noguera. Do yourself a favor and watch this fight as it is one of my favorites in Pride FC history. And a lot of that had to do with Noguera, who unlike Shogun's previous opponents, stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with him and swung wildly. Shogun took advantage of the close distance by securing takedowns and throwing ground and pound. But off his back, Noguera was a threat with his submissions. Once the two got back up, the fireworks continued. Noguera connected with a right hand that dropped Shogun, but he survived. And in return, Noguera got rocked by a few punches as well, and even got knocked down in the third by a left hand. How neither man got knocked out is amazing to me because they were throwing bombs. Defense was non-existent. But aside from that, this fight had everything in it. And although it was competitive, it was the takedowns that secured the unanimous decision win for Shogun. He advanced to the semifinals in August to fight Alistair Overeem. Overeem came out strong by connecting with knees and securing multiple takedowns. He was very close to locking in the guillotine, but the momentum changed big time with some soccer kicks from Shogun. Eventually, he got on top of Overeem, connected with some knees, and mounted him, which led to ground and pound that forced the ref to step in. In the finals, which was on the same evening, Shogun fought Ricardo Arona. Shogun opened up the fight with an awesome spinning kick, but that led to him getting taken down. Then Ricardo immediately got reversed with an omoplata, which led to him eating a big knee that put him on his back. Shogun proceeded to attack with a stomp, and although he missed, he followed that with big hammer fists that knocked Arona out cold, making Shogun the 2005 Pride Middleweight Grand Prix champion. At Pride 31, he fought former UFC heavyweight champion and Pride 2000 Openweight Grand Prix champion, Mark Coleman. Although Shogun looked good early with a few submission attempts, it was a takedown from Mark that caused Shogun to injure his elbow. The ref stopped the fight, but immediately after, Mark's corner and Shogun's corner got into an in-ring brawl. And I think it was mostly due to Mark shoving the ref after the win. Regardless, Shogun came back six and a half months later to fight Cyril Diabate. Although Cyril looked good on the feet early, he got taken down and ate ground and pound. Eventually, Shogun finished him with soccer kicks and stomps. At Pride 32, he fought former UFC heavyweight champion, Kevin Randleman. The event was held in Las Vegas, which was the first for Pride FC and Shogun. And although Kevin secured the takedown immediately, Shogun looked close to securing an ankle lock. Kevin managed to escape, but that led to a knee bar, which forced him to tap, making it Shogun's first and only submission victory of his career. Following this victory, Shogun fought Kazuhiro Nakamura. The fight was pretty competitive on the feet, but it was Shogun's ground game that made the difference as he attacked with ground and pound and attempted submissions. After three rounds, he won by unanimous decision. At Pride 33, Shogun fought Alistair Overeem for a second time. Much like their first matchup, Overeem looked good on the feet and with his takedown defense. But once Shogun secured the takedown, he got back up and dived in for a punch which hurt Overeem. This was followed by more punches that forced referee Steve Mazzagati to step in. This was also Shogun's last fight with Pride FC before they were bought out by the UFC. So he made his debut with the promotion at UFC 76 against Ultimate Fighter Season 1 winner, Forrest Griffin. Shogun was the favorite to win as at this point in his career, he was considered as the pound for pound best light heavyweight in the world. But surprisingly, it was a competitive fight that saw both men have their moments on the feet and on the ground. And as the fight went on, Shogun was getting tired. And by the end of the third, Forrest got a hold of his back and locked in the rear naked choke that forced a tap. Following this defeat, Shogun had two knee surgeries and left shoe tape box to start his own camp called Universidad de Luta, which translates to University of Fighting. And after being out for more than a year, Shogun came back at UFC 93 to fight Mark Coleman, making it their second meeting. And although it was a competitive fight, Mark gassed out by the third and in the final 30 seconds, he got finished by a barrage of punches. Three months later, Shogun fought former UFC light heavyweight champion Chuck Liddell. The two were immediately trading shots with bad intentions, and they both took each other down. But near the end of the first, Shogun rushed in with a left hand that dropped Chuck, which led to fight ending hammer fists. Although these two wins were against fighters past their prime, the UFC decided to give Shogun a shot at the title against light heavyweight champion Lyoto Machida. And at this point, Machida wasn't only undefeated, but was seen by many as a fighter who would be a champion for a very long time.
time. A Shogun made it a competitive fight by standing toe-to-toe -to -toe and rushing in regardless of the dangerous counters. The two went back and forth for 5 rounds and by the end of it, Machida received cuts on his face and a huge bruise to his ribs. Regardless, he retained the belt by unanimous decision which was seen as controversial by many. In my opinion, it was too close of a fight to call it a robbery. But Shogun truly tested Machida more than any of his previous opponents, which caused the UFC to book an immediate rematch at UFC 113. Once again, Shogun showed no fear in closing the distance, and although he got taken down a couple of times, his game plan paid off as he rushed in and connected with a right hand that dropped Machida. Shogun threw ground and pound to secure the knockout win, making him the new UFC light heavyweight champion. After this win, Shogun was out for a year due to another knee surgery, and although he was supposed to defend his belt against Rashad Evans at UFC 128, Rashad pulled out due to injury and was replaced by John Jones. And much like the young prodigy in Shogun who won the Pride Middleweight Grand Prix at the age of 23, John Jones was 23 at this time and had so much hype behind him. And he delivered as he dominated Shogun who was unable to close the distance due to the reach difference. Even on the ground, Jones's wrestling proved to be too much as he landed some vicious ground and pound. The fight eventually ended in the third with a shot to Shogun's body and a knee to his head which forced Herb Dean to step in. Five months later, he fought Forrest Griffin for a second time. The event was held in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, making it Shogun's first time back fighting there since 2003, and he delivered as it took him less than 2 minutes to knock Forrest down with a right hand, which was followed by ground and pound that finished the fight. At UFC 139, Shogun fought former Pride welterweight and middleweight champion, and former Strikeforce light heavyweight champion, Dan Henderson. I've said it for the Hendo video and I'll say it again, this is my favorite MMA fight of all time. Luckily, the UFC had just implemented a new rule that included 5 rounds for every main event, whether it was for a title or not. And for a war like this, thank god there was 25 minutes, because the amount of momentum changes in this fight was wild. In rounds 1 and 3, Shogun looked moments away from being finished. And in rounds 4 and 5, Dan began to slow down, which gave Shogun the opportunity to rock him and mount him. And while on mount, he looked moments away from finishing Dan. In between, there were many takedowns, reversals, and submission attempts. Both men showed so much heart throughout, especially Shogun who was a bloody mess, which probably went against his favor as Dan won the fight by unanimous decision. Now originally, when I saw this fight live, I scored it 3 rounds to 2 for Dan. But after watching it again, I would score it as a draw as Shogun won rounds 4 and 5. And that final round to me was a 10-8 round. Regardless, as Joe Rogan would say, what a fight. After this defeat, Shogun headlined a UFC on Fox card against Brandon Vera. Although Vera had his moments, it was Shogun who was finding more success on the feet. And in the final minute of round 4, he finished the fight with a barrage of punches. 4 months later, Shogun fought Alexander Gustafsson. Despite Alexander being the bigger fighter and the favorite to win, Shogun made it a competitive fight both on the feet and on the ground. But overall, Alexander was more effective with his attacks, and after 15 minutes, he won by unanimous decision. Shogun's next opponent after this loss was Chael Sonnen. Although both men secured the takedown early, it was Chael's grappling that dominated the round. And in the final seconds, he secured the guillotine that forced the tap. Four months later, Shogun fought James Tehuna, and he was back to his knockout ways as it took him 63 seconds to put James to sleep with a big left hand. On March 24th, 2013, Shogun fought Dan Henderson for a second time. Now it wasn't the war like their first matchup, but it was still very exciting. Shogun looked moments away from finishing the fight in the first with a barrage of punches and ground and pound. And even in the second, Dan ate an uppercut that dropped him and he spent the remainder on the bottom. The momentum was definitely on Shogun's side, but that changed in the third when Dan connected with a big right hand. Shogun's nose immediately broke and he ate more ground and pound before Herb Dean stepped in. Seven months later, Shogun fought Ovin St. Peru, and he got clipped early by a left hand from St. Peru who finished him off with more ground and pound. The fight lasted 34 seconds, making it Shogun's quickest defeat. He came back at UFC 190 to fight Antonio Rogerio Noguera for a second time. And much like their first fight, it was a back and forth battle. For the most part, Noguera was the aggressor on the feet, while Shogun secured takedowns and maintained top control. It was a very close fight that could have went to either man. But in the end, Shogun won by unanimous decision. At UFC 198, he fought Corey Anderson. Although Shogun was the underdog, he denied most of Corey's offensive grappling with his striking. 
and after three rounds, he won by split decision. Ten months later, Shogun fought Gian Volante. For most of the fight, Shogun looked like his young self as he was the aggressor on the feet, which led to knockdowns in rounds one and two. This led to Volante eating punches in the third that dropped him, causing Mario Yamasaki to step in. This three-fight win streak led to a matchup with Anthony Smith, and unfortunately, Shogun was defeated in the first round by punches and elbows. Following this defeat, he fought Tyson Pedro. Although Tyson had his moments in this fight, Shogun's grappling was the difference. Throughout this action, Tyson injured his leg and was unable to defend himself from the barrage of punches in the third that forced the ref to step in. 11 months later, Shogun fought Paul Craig. Paul was the aggressor on the feet while Shogun was the aggressor on the ground. Which is funny because Paul was a stronger grappler and Shogun was a stronger striker. Regardless, after three rounds, the fight was ruled as a split draw. On July 26, 2020, Shogun fought Antonio Rogerio Noguera for a third time. Once again, it was another close fight between the two as they both had their moments on the feet and on the ground. It really could have went to either man, but it was Shogun who left the cage with the split decision. At UFC 255, he fought Paul Craig for a second time. Unlike their first matchup, Paul was dominant with his grappling. By round 2, Shogun was exhausted, which led to him being taken down and flattened out. Paul rained down the punches that forced Shogun to tap. This was Shogun's most recent fight and although he has two more on his UFC contract, it's very clear to me and many others that his best days are long behind him. I mean, for him to tap to strikes is something he would never do back in the day. So after going 27-12-1 in a career that saw him become the UFC light heavyweight champion and the 2005 Pride middleweight grand prix champion, how good was Shogun Hua actually? Now I know I've said the word barrages a lot in this video, and that's because I truly think Shogun was the king of barrages. I know, in the history of the sport, we've had many fighters who rushed in swinging wildly, but Shogun mixed it up so well when he did, and a lot of that had to do with Pride FC allowing soccer kicks and stomps. Because out of everyone who fought in that promotion, I think Shogun utilized this attack the most, which made him a threat anywhere the fight went. His Muay Thai was super impressive back in the day as he went guns blazing every fight, and for most of his opponents, it was too much. Although he had one submission win in his career, his jiu-jitsu helped him many times in reversing the position and maintaining top control. And when he was on the ground, his ground and pound was absolutely vicious, especially when he'd dive in for a punch. Shogun wasn't afraid to move forward and take shots in order to return some. And that not only gave him the reputation as a durable fighter, but also has gotten him into some of the most exciting fights in MMA history. Now I look at Shogun's career as a tale of two chapters. One being the Pride FC chapter, where aside from the freak loss to Mark Coleman, he was undefeated and was one of the promotion's best and most exciting fighters, which built a lot of hype into his second chapter with the UFC. And although he became champion and had some memorable moments with the promotion, it was a huge contrast in comparison to chapter 1. So what exactly happened? Well for one, the UFC does not allow soccer kicks and stomps, which took away Shogun's biggest attacks. And although he got into a huge war with Antonio Rogerio Noguera back in Pride, and also took a significant amount of damage in his bouts with Alistair Overeem, I believe it was his losses to John Jones and Dan Henderson that changed him as a fighter. But what also changed him were those knee surgeries and other constant injuries, which really hindered his speed and mobility. I mean, by his late 20s, I feel like all the damage he accumulated accelerated the aging of his body. But aside from all this, his style of fighting never really changed. Although it was perfect against a counter-striker in Loyoto Machida, it became very predictable as the sport continued to grow. And even though he was able to continue to win some fights in the UFC by doing this, he also lost many. Regardless, Shogun was an absolute treat to watch. Win or lose, it was most likely going to be a fun fight. And that's because throughout most of his career, he had the heart to continue going, no matter the situation. To be honest, I thought Shogun was done back in 2011. And even though his last defeat made me and many others believe that this should be the end, for him to still pick up a win in 2020 is absolutely amazing to me and really proved me wrong. That's why I would give his MMA career a 9 out of 10. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Whenever a fighter's nickname becomes the name they're known most for, they truly had to do some legendary things in order to make that happen. And Shogun Hua did exactly that and more. My name is Keon and this is my take on Mauricio Shogun Hua. Do you agree, disagree, or have something else to add? 
please put in the comments down below because I love to read it. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe to my channel for more content like this. But that's a lot for now, so I'll see you in my next one.